It's time for our jam master. My name is Martin Karioke and I'm joined by someone who I was told by a close friend of his to just say that he's a HR practitioner. From there, he will take it away. Let's ask this question. And it's the first question in every 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 time we have this segment. Who are you? Um I'm weekly for Mondi. Uh-huh. I'm a HR practitioner, as you say. Yeah. But we like calling ourselves people and culture managers. And I will explain that as we continue in the show. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm a father. Mm-hmm. I'm a husband. Mm-hmm. And I'm also an Arsenal fan. The ah. biggest club on earth, Martin. This is biggest the, club. This is the best time to say you're an Arsenal fan. <laughs> <laughs> biggest club. If I'd called you in about four years ago, I don't no. think you'd have said anything. You, you are four <laughs> years too late, Martin. Ah, anyway. Yes. So now let's talk about yourself. Yes. Uh, before you became a HR practitioner, I'm sure you went f- into some education. Yes. Some I form did. of education. Yes, I did. Where did this all start? So um, I did. I did my usual, uh, my usual standard education: oh. primary school, oh. uh, high school, and uh, and and university. And the most interesting thing is that in university, I did not study HR. What did you study? I studied uh, to be a quantity surveyor. Hey. And uh, then I entered the then I entered the workplace, and mm. that is that is one of the things that uh, a lot of people need to understand. Oh. The dynamism of your education and what the workplace offers you, oh. a degree would then open your mind to the market that you are going into and to the environment you are living into, and how you use the experience you've gotten from uh, university and what your degree gives you is what molds you to become uh, a HR manager from a quantity surveyor. So, so did you study anything to regard to HR uh, later on? Or? Yes, I did. So uh-huh. after that, after I got into the profession, of course, I had to get my professional qualifications. Yeah. And uh, I had to do a postgraduate diploma to qualify me, but my primary degree was not in HR. Let's talk about your first job. Yes. Uh, your first job. Yes. Was it QS? Nope. It was, you, you didn't even practice? Not for one minute. So you checked in where? I, I checked in. I Which ca- I, I got I, I got into yeah. I got into a management trainee program in Unilever. Yes, and that is how they got me into into HR. Yeah, and I have to give a shout out to a very senior HR practitioner, Mr. David Segawa, uh-huh. and Mr. Edward Mungatana. Those are the two people who got me and convinced me to join uh, HR. Yeah, Edward Mungatana is an engineer, so it was, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm an engineer and I'm here. Oh. Uh, uh, David Sagawa did not study HR in school, but the fantastic HR people. So I think it, it's it's more how you apply your yeah. personality and your education than anything else. So what challenges did you face as uh, <coughs> from QS to uh, HR? Did you face any co- challenges or what What are the sweet spots for I, you? I think there's, there's a bit of a di- disconnect. When you study uh, engineering-based uh, subjects, oh. you, you're fairly black and white. Yeah. Yeah. But as I've grown in my HR profession and as I've uh, become more senior in the in the HR world, yeah. I've realized that it's not black and white because you're dealing with a human environment. Anything can come up and you must be flexible enough to fit into a situation of an individual because you can have 100 individuals in an environment. Uh-huh. But they have everybody has a different uh, different need. So I think it is there where HR would add value to a work environment. So let's, let's just go straight into it. Yeah. What is hu- what is human resource management? Uh, Martin, in a nutshell, it is a strategic process of getting the best out of people in a workplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of things like uh, technology are very well defined. They come with uh, with manuals. There are SOPs. If you're drilling, there is there's a way to do it. 
But the human environment is very dynamic. You find people first, different genders, different backgrounds, different races, different ages, but you have to put them together to achieve one goal. Mm -hmm. And now that is what the HR uh, team should help the leadership of the business get out of the employees to give their best, to give their personal best when they come to us. So you, you mentioned something about, what did you say before when you were introducing yourself? You are a... There's something you said, a, a, a human... A, what is this? We are people and culture. People and culture... People and culture managers. That is People what it is. That is what managers. it is now. Martin, this this name has changed for for a while. So it yeah. is personnel managers, <laughs> HR managers, human capital, and now it's people and culture. People and culture. And I'll tell you why people and culture uh -huh. is very important. Uh -huh. A lot of things that happen in the workplace are already defined. Oh. You know what you should come here and do every morning. Yes. You know when you should knock off work. You, you know everything you should do. But the culture around here is what makes you come here with a spring in your step. Do you know how you will be treated? In the event that you are coming to work and you get an accident, you don't have to jump onto a motorbike to come because probably June will be able to, June will be able to, to sit in for you and somebody will check on you. Mm -hmm. how, is the, how happy do you feel when, when you come to the place? And I think that is one key deliverable that HR people, particularly the senior HR people... So to kill the toxic environment in... Exactly. In the office. Yes, so that when Monday comes, you still have a spring in your step. <laughs> to come to when work. we come back, we'll talk about that toxic environment and the challenges HR are uh, the HR uh, practitioners are facing right now, especially with the economy. Yes. And uh, <laughs> salaries when it, when it comes to taxes. Yes. Because there are new taxes now yeah. and people are getting less money yes. than they were getting last year. We shall talk about that. I'm joined here by one, we call him Wiki, but his name is Wycliffe Omondi. He's a HR practitioner. If you have any questions with regard to HR and anything about your employment, perhaps, let us know at the jam line for the hashtag is drive out. And of course, hashtag uh, jam masters. Capital FM. My name is Martin Karaoke, and we have a jam master in studio weekly for Mondi, a HR practitioner, a professional. And before we go on, by the way, I need to just people don't understand how far you went with HR. Yes. You worked for various companies. Yes. Let's start with the last one that you worked with. Yes. Which, what was the name of this company? I worked for MultiChoice. Africa. MultiChoice, yes. Africa. Yes. You are in charge of. I the looked, human resource. Yes, I looked after the people function for, mm -hmm. we call it the northern region really. Mm -hmm. yeah, it was Kenya, Uganda, Tanzania, Ethiopia, and Ghana. You, you, now, please note why yes. he's, a, he's a master, why we call him in here. Yes. Multi-choice is not a small company based in South Africa, but has offices all over there. Yes. All over Africa. Yes. Now, this is where it, we are asked a simple question. Yeah. As a HR practitioner right now, yes. if you're in charge of HR yes. in a company, and uh, you are told to balance between the wants of the company and the employees with the current economy. This is actually a question from our friend Kapi, Poli Semenye, Captain Kenya Airways. Current economy, we have we are facing a lot of taxes with this finance bill, late salaries. Yeah. Uh, how do you handle these challenges and how do you balance between what the company wants and what the employee needs? Yeah, I think I think it's it's a very tricky times for the HR practitioner, and m even more tricky for the guy who sits in the corner office because you have to get a very fine balance between keeping the ship afloat because we know it won't be like this forever, and killing and sinking the ship at once and pleasing the employees. So, I think it's it's really important 
to communicate and create a culture where people understand what is happening in the organization. You know what the organization can afford and cannot afford because having known your employer, he, will, he or she will not pay you 40 days late just because they can. I think that means that there is a problem. Now, the employer must also bring it to you and give you mitigating factors and how to survive because remember, you also have uh, obligations to meet. You have a family to feed and people who expect something from you. So, uh, Martin, I cannot say that there's a black and white answer to this, but I think the culture of the organization, the trust that has been built between the employees and the employer is what helps employers sail out of this because it's very easy to go to court when, you, when you're late with my salary. Yeah. But I think knowing that knowing how we got here if the uh, employer has been a good communicator knowing how we got here and how we are going to get out of this then mitigates it and helps us take the ship to deeper waters where it's not as choppy as what we are facing right yeah. now in the current uh, you, and you mentioned something about the current economic situation of the, the taxes bill, yeah. of the taxes that are from the from the, the uh, from the finance bill yeah it's uh, it's been a big hit to a lot of uh, to a lot of uh, people who are salaried so I think what employers are dealing with it differently, depending on their ability to pay, and also depending on how they can uh, they can help the employees soften uh, soften the the heat from this. Yeah. So remember, some of it was backdated. Mm. There are some employers who have the capacity; they've written it off. Mm. They've written it off on behalf of the employees. There are some employers who have said, "Look." We will pay the government on your behalf, but take it off you slowly. Yeah. And there are some who have said, guys, let's just take it off once and deal with it, deal with it yeah. in future. So yeah. I think it's from one company to another, mm. ability to pay. But again, it also depends on, I repeat, the environment and the culture you have created in the organization. Mm. Because it must be the place where people understand each other. We know we both mutually benefit from this. So it's, it's a symbiotic relationship where not one person is getting everything and the rest are sweating, sweating away, making the money. For so them. As, a, as, as HR, you have to face your employees, you have to face yes. the, em, the employer, yes. the, the person in charge. Yeah. And, and you are, this, say there's a there's miscommunication yes. happens yeah. with regard to, because of the economic times, with regard to payment. Yeah. Payment has, is late. There's no more communication about when it's coming, where it's coming from. And then all of a sudden, the company goes on receivership. How do you handle that? So um, it can't be that salaries are late and nothing has been said because mm. somebody knows that salaries are going to be late. Mm-hmm. And that is where now, as the HR practitioner, you must put your neck on the line. It is terrible news. Yeah. But you must learn to have difficult conversations. Mm. Because my, 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 my uh, belief is, if I keep the information away from employees, I'm carrying a burden that is not mine, oh. that I should not carry alone. Yeah, But if you go out there and explain to, to them frankly, and everybody knows what needs to happen, people can start mitigating, uh, get mitigating factors to help them smoothen the, the curves for them. Yeah. But if you keep quiet and hoping that you'll wish it away, yeah. I think that is the first thing that will finish you as a, as a HR person. <laughs> this is very true. Yes. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about you a bit. Yes. Uh, basically, your biggest accomplishments as a yeah. HR practitioner. Yes. Uh, but before that, you have a track that you really love. Yes. And would love us to play for everyone out there. Yes. This is track is called uh, Sky Full of Stars by Coldplay. Coldplay. Come sing it tomorrow at Bagatelle Karaoke. I will Bana. come Please. And sing. This is a track, Sky Full of Stars. It's a beautiful track, Coldplay. Everyone loves it here. And I sing very well also. So. Ah. Yeah. You shall, you not, shall now, not now. Not now. Not now, though. <laughs> 
just discussing our bucket, bucket list with the Jam Master Weekly for Monday and he said uh, two, two people that he'd really love to watch. One would be, if he was alive, Madilu. Madilu. 
second cold play cold play cold play these guys are just fantastic this is jam on 98.4 capital fm here with our jam master weekly for mondi my name is martin karaoke we're talking all things hr if you have any questions for us please let us know at the jam 94 the hashtag is jam masters and also drive out uh let's talk about your kidogo yes your finest accomplishments i don't know if they're accomplishments or your finest moments when you're practicing hr through uh. your career I don't know. I don't know whether to call them finest accomplishments, but it's it's one of those um those things that always that shaped the way I look at HR. It is uh, it is working in the Ethiopian market. Uh-huh. Fantastic people, very well learned, uh-huh. very confident in who they are, but probably very different from all of us in terms of uh, the their language, their food, their view of life and just the environment in which they operate and working with them and ensuring that you integrate a company that uh, that is out, was outside Ethiopia and bring oh. the Ethiopians into the fold it was a, it's a very it was a, it, it was one of the biggest learning things that I've done uh, in recent times and I think it's something I carry with me a lot so in your travels you worked in different countries yes uh, what's the difference between countries outside Kenya yeah. and Kenyans as employees no i think i think the differences are they will obviously be there. We we have our Tanzanian neighbors who are different from us. We have oh. the Ugandans who are different from us. And everybody has a different way of doing things. And I think that is one of the things we must carry when you are going into a new environment. You can't try to transport Kenya into Ethiopia or into the Ivory Coast. But the moment you go there and learn what they do and why they do it, you could end up finding that you're doing it wrong wherever you come from. So I think it's the that humility of knowing I'm going into an, an environment. They've been here. Without me, they didn't die. Uh. And now here I am. I'm going, what value can I add to what they already have going instead of going trying to remove what they already have? So I think it's one of also not probably a HR lesson, but a management lesson that I learned through my career. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just like, uh, what's his name? Um uh, Michael Joseph once said Kenyans are very peculiar yes. human beings yeah. um, and just a quick one on in terms of uh, basic HR policy and stuff yeah. uh, right now yeah. uh, when it comes to uh, there's something that EABL did in yeah. terms of uh, maternity leave and paternity leave yes. that they've brought in from from their main guys Diageo yes. and they've planted it in here in Kenya yeah. six months li- uh, paid leave yes. and Two, three, is it two or three months paid leave for the for the for the paternity leave and six months paid leave maternity? Yes. Now, I don't know. Do you see any other company picking this up? And what challenges do you think ABL will face? So, so I think I don't want to say a company will pick it up because mm. if you just come and pick it up and slap it into an environment, you could struggle. Mm. Is your company ready to to get it? Is that what the employees want? Because the other thing I wanted to, to to say, just to digress a bit, is that the policy handbook is one of the biggest enemies of HR going into the future. Because the future of work is changing. Yeah. So the the person at uh, the person at EABL probably did a survey and find that this is what my employees want. This is the one thing that would make them tick. This is mm-hmm. what would be a big inflection point in the culture of the of, of the organization. So. I think the future of work is really changing. COVID brought to us the whole concept of working from home. When I started work, it was unthinkable True. that you could work from home. Leave alone, arrive late. Yeah. Arriving late was already a problem. Yeah. That you are working from home all day, 
Mm-hmm. That was that was unthinkable. But COVID came and in a few short months we were all working from home. So we'll talk about that. We'll yes. chat more about that yes. and how basically HR can help uh, organizations navigate this change yes. because it's a huge change. It's People huge. are working with pajamas and yes. meeting in their pajamas and chilling. Yes. Right now we're here with Weekly for Mondi, HR professional and practitioner and also uh, our jam master here on the jam. My name is Martin Karaoke and we were discussing basically what is the future of work? You just started yeah. and touched on it. So what is the future on work? What has changed and how can HR help organizations navigate this change? Yeah. So first, um, I have to say that HR also finds itself in the workplace. So HR is also, as for lack of a better, shocked by the change in the future of work as everybody is. Now we have the unfortunate role of being at the forefront we must learn the new ways of work before everyone. But let me just step back a bit. The first thing that disrupted the, the workplace was, was automation. Oh. A lot computers came. Uh, all those people who went to do secretarial work and IMEs and whatever. ATMs. All those things fell. Yeah. Fell, fell by the wayside. Oh, and the mobile phone. And the mobile phone has also changed a lot of things. Oh. We remember when there was a, somebody who sat at the reception and was moving calls from one desk oh, to another. Oh. Switch but desk, switch, <laughs> switchboard, switchboard. Yeah. But you see now, what has happened is that automation didn't necessarily remove people from the workplace, but only made sure that you had to learn new skills to survive. Yeah, because what you used to do is now being done by something else, and you have to move on. Oh. Now, uh, remote work is one of the biggest things that has happened to us now. People are working remotely. And uh, some people don't want to come to work. And if you look at a lot of job ads now, they say remote work so much, percentage remote and and, and all that. What now HR has to do is to try and bring managers up to speed to manage in this environment where you don't see your team with you all the time. But the other challenge it has brought, and, and which probably is a good thing in some quarters and bad in others, it has widened the scope of the workplace so much you can have accounting work done for you from Australia uh-huh. because somebody is doing for you online. You can have something done for you from India. You can have people, the physical office as you know it is, is no longer the prime thing that, that people used to know, know, know before. Yeah. I think that that has brought a lot more opportunity. The, the, what I've seen again is that the retirees are creeping back into the workplace very slowly yeah. because they are there, they are available. Yeah. Time difference when you are asleep Somebody's working on your account. When yeah. you wake up in the morning, you have the result on your email yeah. and the guy is busy doing uh, another piece of work. And people are teaching o- o- online as well. People are teaching online. People are going to school online. Yeah. And I think that even came before COVID, yes. uh, COVID happened to us. Yeah. But the other thing that, uh, that is happening now, which was a sin before, mm. is that employers are getting more and more open to an employee having multiple jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Because sometimes you want uh, so much of a salary, I can't pay you. I can give you three quarters of it, but if I allow you to spend your time, your extra time working for somebody else and getting the same, uh, getting the difference, everybody's happy. You're happy. Your employer is happy. You have your talent within the organization. And that's why I'm saying the ground has shifted a lot for us as HR people. And that's why, again, why I say that the rule book, the policy handbook as we knew it, yeah. will cease to exist because working two jobs was called moonlighting before. Yeah. It was you would be dismissed yeah. for moonlighting. But now you sit back and you say, look, 
what's the big sin in it gen z has come where they don't want to they don't want to sit here and work all day they want to be in the office at 4 by 11 they are gone he's a dj uh, the rest of the day he's a I'll, social media superstar superstar and in the morning mm. he's a proper proper management accountant yeah. doing for you your stuff yeah. and your stuff is done then as a leader you have to step back and say am i just stuck to the rules or has the cheese moved and must i change or must i prepare my organization for this change so what you're saying also is the employee also needs to step up yes. from from the normal the norms yes. of your 8 to 5 and find a way yes to be important in various places exactly. and still execute their role exactly there's there's huge there's huge potential and huge talent sometimes you sit on because you've kept it to an 8 to 5 uh-huh. while if you if you opened uh, opened up your mind to possibilities you could find that you're more useful to the society and economy <laughs> Weekly for Monday, our jam master here, HR practitioner, and uh, big, 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 big people just talking about you, and I mean big physically. Uh, Bill, Bill, Bill Odongo and one Mr. Cadovilis, Charles Cadovilis, saying good stuff. Great idea to have you on air. Yeah. Uh, good stuff, Weekly, the peoples and culture practitioner. That's from Billy Odongo, good. and there are so many more. And we shall come back and we shall do the shoutouts and, of course, find out. the three major lessons you've learned thus far and your parting shot of course our jam master is weekly for monday here on the jam my name is martin karioki and uh, quick one and we're talking about it off air just now what are the major lessons you've learned thus far as a hr practi- practitioner uh, and your parting shot yeah so uh, i think uh, f- from my hr uh, practice i've learned a lot of personal lessons and i call them personal lessons because probably they are not not uh, related to the hr profession and probably some of my fellow practitioners may disagree with me but the one lesson i've learned is that H- hr as a function is looked up to by a lot of people in reverence in fear and people believe we wield a lot of power either rightfully or wrongfully but how you treat people at the point of bringing them into the company and when they're exiting the company is absolutely important because you remember remember they you're probably the first face they see when they come oh. and when they're leaving for whatever reason you're the last face how you make that person feel is what then will change that person's life in in whichever in whichever way so for me i believe in treating people with a lot of kindness at those two points of course um HR is a place where you say a lot of no 90% of the time you'll be saying no and because also people will come to test the system in mm. all manner of ways mm. you have to say no because you also have an organization to protect our HR practitioner here Everest Bulinda knows how much is tested of course yeah. and 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 Everest has to say no yeah a lot of times but in the balance of things if you look at over the course of your your employee life cycle how Everest has treated you you probably then say oh Everest is a good man uh, or a, or so and so is a good lady uh, not a good HR manager uh, and for me that's what I'd like people to say about me this is a good person because once the title once the crown is removed from your head yeah. you remain Wycliff just a human yes. a you're fellow, just a human uh, yeah. the resource manager is gone you're just yeah. a human yeah. what does society say what how did you make people feel after they left and I've had managers about whom I can say a lot of good things some not so good oh. but the ones who made me feel the way I'm describing are the ones that has, that are stuck with me and I'd like to urge HR practitioners to remember that that a lot of people depend on you because they believe 
that there's something that you do to change their lives. You mentioned that you learned humility. Yes. Because you have power. Yes. And how you use it yeah. determines people's destinies. I feel that's a parting shot. Yeah. That right there is fantastic. Right now, I know there are a couple of people listening. Yes. With Cliff. Yes. Uh, shout outs. Very fast before we are short here. One shout out. Yeah. To a good friend of mine. He's called David Omondi. Yes. He's my son. Uh-huh. He would be very upset to hear that I was in the studio and didn't come with him. Yeah. And I'll bring him one of these fine days too. You have to. Yes. Yeah. He has to come to studio. We, yes. we actually were planning for one. Yeah. They have to come to studio, especially during the boys. It's the funnest time. I will bring him. Friday. I'll bring him in. So bring a big, him in. big, big shout out to him. And I'm absolutely proud of him. And the entire family, of course. And everybody and Andrew and everyone else and, and the kitty. wife <clears throat> and the wife <laughs> the wife <laughs> wiki weekly for money thank you so much for coming imparting your amazing knowledge yeah. and uh, we we shall be posting this on our soundcloud page of course which we can we'll be sharing it with everyone it's important to learn what what a hr practitioner does yes it's not an easy job no you have to face humans every day Yes. Even if you don't like them, even if you don't like even <laughs> if you don't like them and they don't like you. <laughs> and they don't like you. Yes. You have to face them. Thank you so much. That was fantastic. Thanks. Weekly. Thanks. Thanks Martin and thanks for having me. Yeah, we shall have you back now for the boys where you can now just chat about your life yes. and how it's going and what's happening. All right. And thank that's going to be happening on Friday. Capital FM.